It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert, and I am so excited to have the amazing Gainalyn Condi on my podcast today. Gainalyn, how are you? I'm so grateful to be with you, Carmen. I am a huge fan of yours on all the levels. And so it feels like a God wink to have a conversation today. Oh my goodness. That is so sweet of you to say. Thank you. Well, you are beautiful and amazing and have done so much. And I can't wait to get to know you better. We just recently found out that we're apparently neighbors and like, <laughs> never, I like, have I seen you at state conference? Have I seen you like at the grocery store? Like, yes. have not, like really connected before now. I don't I even know. And we have a, a couple of great mutual friends. Yes. And so that's why it feels like, okay, finally, we're having this conversation. So I thanks for that. having me. I'm so glad that you took the time to come on. So for those of you who don't know Gainalyn, she's a popular motivational speaker and is basically known for inspiring others with her unique honesty, authenticity, and spirit. Totally genuine. Gainalyn is dedicated to her family faith, especially and inspiring others. She loves teaching others and speaking and write with speaking and writing. You've experienced healing Gamelin from a major chronic illness, mainly lupus, and you are the mother to two miracle children that a boy and a girl. And after the heartbreaking suicide of your 40 year old sister, You've been constantly working towards prevention and speaking with others about anxiety and depression, which is amazing and near and dear to my heart. My dad is a psychiatrist, and I think we need more people that are willing to step up and be open and honest and not shy away from the really tough, difficult things in life. So that's incredible that you've been doing that. You live with an open heart and feel passionate about sharing principles that will empower others to live life with more joy in every walk of life. You're a regular TV and radio guest and host the popular show Real Talk, Come Follow Me and The Middle. You've written so many amazing books and you have talks on CDs and that have inspired thousands of people all over the world. And you love growing older with your cute husband. His name is Rob and just aims to keep loving and learning. Gainalyn, thank you so much again, for being here. And wow, like, I always hate it when people read my resume. Yeah. Like, I get embarrassed, like waiting for them to finish, like talking about me. But I love reading other people's and just like highlighting them for a minute saying, look at you, look at what you're doing. I think it's so fun to do it for other people. And well, you know, what's funny is that I, I feel squirmy a little, which I think is the word you're going for there. Yes. Um, when people are reading my bio and tell, I love that I've kept in there um, married to her cute husband, Rob, because when like I'm about to speak or do a, a podcast like this, or I'm being introduced in some way, then they read that and I smile and I'm like, oh, it's fine. My cute husband, oh, we've, been, we've been married almost 30 years and I am grateful that we have been because my parents were divorced and I, it's a lot of work. You know, I'm just going to say that it's a full, it's a full all in, as my kids will say, I use this word wrong, but it's full send for us over here on the, on the Condi front on marriage. And we've had millions of different marriages with the same two people because, yeah. you know, 30 years, we're not the same two people. And my hair is not so eighties permed anymore. Yes. That's the first thing. 
<laughs> so that helps me at the end of the at the end of the bio. I always smile. My husband is in a very different line of work. He's the CFO of Granger Medical here in Utah. And oh well, very he, different. He's an accountant, and he he guested on the Christmas episode for Real Talk. Come follow me. And um, he did so good, but he's such an accountant. Afterwards, he looked at me. He's like, "Why do you do this? Why do you do?" <laughs> it's so foreign to people that yeah. don't like talking or socializing, yeah. and it's it's just as hard for them as it would be for us to go and crunch numbers. Exactly. I could not do that. I no. couldn't either. Yeah, my husband works for Zion's Bank, and he is right now getting basically his second master's degree and in banking, and it's it's called the West Coast. I'm going to mess it up, and he's going to listen to this and be like. That's not what it's called. It's based out of out of Seattle and it's like West Coast Bank School. And it's basically like your master's degree in banking and he has finance and and statistics and all this stuff. And I'm like, I could never. Right. I could never. Yeah, yeah. But I can talk to a stranger and and find out their deepest secrets in four, four minutes. And and, and I and could share great. my deepest secrets. Well, you. listen, but you also have a skill that I don't have, and I'm gonna ask God for it when we get to the other side, which is singing. And, and my husband sang in barbershop quartet and acapella choir in college, and he's got oh. a beautiful voice. And both my children sing and play instruments and are gifted in that way. And awesome. both are those aren't my gifts. So I'm glad that God wants us to have a variety, right? Yeah. Like, to me, Zion is going to be much more diverse than I think we visualize. I am so glad you said that because everyone has unique talents and gifts. And the whole point is to bless others. And I teach voice lessons and I tell my students the, the most beautiful thing about giving any gift, but, but the gift of singing is it's the, it's one of the gifts heavenly father gives you purely to give away. It's purely just to bless others for them to listen to you and listen to your music. Hey, listen, that's an answer to prayer for me. So Carmen, thanks for sharing that. Because, you know, I mean, I think we can talk about whatever we want to talk about, but in doing good, there's a lot of people in the space that I'm in. There's a lot of podcasters. There's a lot of authors. There's, I mean, Turtle House for sure host some of the greatest speakers and Hank and John have just lost launched their own come follow me podcast. And that space alone is so crowded and full Totally great contributors and creators. And, um, and it's easy at the beginning of a new year to get really, I try to get really reflective because I'm almost 50 and I'll be 15 a few a few weeks. And- Which, by the way, I just have to interrupt you really fast because you can't see Gainalyn right now. You, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying this to make you feel better. You look like 28. Oh, it's no, the braces. I, I'm you not see my braces. I, I, I do, but it's not the braces. It's your zero wrinkles, beautiful lashes, smooth skin, bright smile. Like when you're like, I'm almost 50. I'm like, no, you're not. You're totally lying. I think the lighting in here is helpful on the wrinkles thing. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say on the lashes, full disclosure, because we teased in my bio, I've done a lot of chemotherapy with my heart condition. And so these are fake. And I have no problem telling people that I'm grateful God created fake lashes because after my last year of chemo, my my lashes didn't, they never really came back. And I spent a lot of time in front of the camera now. And so, you know, like anything that's 
I pencil in the eyebrows. I will say people are always like, your eyebrows are great. Did you get them done? And I'm like, oh, I wish. I wish I could pay someone to just do that every day. So no, I'm the same beautiful. And I'm look at, I have, and also you guys can't see me. I have no lashes either. They're blonde. I'm a blondie. So I have blonde lashes, blonde yep, eyebrows. Yep. And I'm all about, if I would, if I were to have showered today, I would have put on my strip lashes. I'm so glad you did it. 100%. I have something after this. So I did shower for you, but it was the Thank fast you. version, fake, put your hair in a clip shower. Yep. So I, I appreciate growing older. I will say that because I've gone to the place where I almost didn't make it, you know, and I graduated almost a few times to the next life. And I remember a very sacred moment where the last time I did chemo, I had two chemos at the same time. I have a heart condition with lupus. And um, I remember Heavenly Father kind of just saying, you're you're done. And I was like, uh, no, can I tell you no? And yeah. that was the year we were studying. Do you remember when we were studying the words of the prophets every year, they'd release a new uh, Sunday school manual. And yes. it was, I think it was Wilford Woodruff that year and a couple weeks past that point. And this is really secret. I've never said this on a podcast before. So you're getting a, like a, oh, little, so a little, honored. a little extra tea, I guess, um, that, his wife had a similar experience where he, she passed and, and she was given the choice to come back. I hope I'm getting that correct. I'm sure a church history historian listener will correct me if I'm wrong there. I believe it was Wilfred Woodruff and his wife. And I had that same experience where I said to the Lord, I I'm not ready. Even if you think I'm done, cause I know my family will be fine, but I, I want to raise my kids. Yes. And my son just turned 23. My daughter turned 17. It's good for me to remember that, that because it's not been easy, you know, like I say I've experienced healing, but that doesn't mean I'm symptom free. And that means I've experienced experiences of healing at certain levels, but it's not like it's all gone. I'm very, we were talking before that I'm very intentional on on preventative care and health so that I can like function. And so I don't take the hair on my head for granted because I've been through chemo and I've not had hair, even though I wish it would be thicker and more luscious like I see yours is. But well, that's what extensions are for. Oh, okay. Not, I don't have them in right now, but I do have clip extensions and you just clip those babies in and it's Listen, great. I, I'm a fan of extensions too because my last year of chemo, I was Relief Society president and I was doing TV and I knew if I lost my hair, people in my ward wouldn't call for help. So I got extensions in the last week of chemo. This is also something I've never said publicly. Um, my extensions started to fall out and then the next week we finished. So I'm very grateful. I have to be grateful because I, you know, getting older is not, especially as women, I think my husband is 52 and more beautiful than ever. Yes. And he's gray and his yes. beard is gray and he's has more extra pounds on him. And I think he's hotter and he's like women in our society. We don't go by that same parameter. And so I'm really trying to embrace the aging and, and the gift of still being around to watch my kids grow and, and figure out their lives. And, yes. and, so, and what a blessing that you've been able to do that. And I love that heavenly father answered your prayer and, and allowed you extra time that just really speaks for your faith that you, you have that faith that you, you could ask him that you could say, actually, I really want to stay yeah. and the heavenly father is so merciful and, and loves us so much. I think, I don't know that we always go to him. I think sometimes we think, well, thy will be done, which is wonderful and beautiful. But sometimes I think we can say, 
but actually, can I, can I do this? Can, can it be this way instead? And that's what I was trying to say with the story of Wilfred Woodruff. I called a friend that day. My family happened to be at church and that was one of the few Sundays I just couldn't, I couldn't make it because of the treatments I was on. And I was panicked that I had just told Heavenly Father no, basically to a calling change. Cause that's really what I see in the work I do with the loss of, I have two sisters that have passed one that died when she was two and one that died when she was 40. And so I, I value that we believe in an eternal life, yes. um, but I felt like I had just told Heavenly Father no to a calling change. And that scared me because I know your listeners have experienced loss and lost people that probably pleaded for the same gift yes. day. And God said, no, right. Yeah. And I think of Joseph Smith this year as we're studying DNC, that he healed all these other babies and, yes. couldn't, and couldn't give blessings to his own children and save them. And so in the wisdom and goodness of God, I called a friend that day and she's the one who said Wilford Woodruff's wife. And I flipped to that part in the manual and I read it. She said, I think it's okay that you told him no. And, you know, I'm not a perfect mom and my kids will attest to that, but I'm grateful for the years that we've had since then. Um, it's been nearly 20 years since that that um initial experience maybe it's a little maybe it's more like 10 years because my son was a little bit older my daughter was already born but that you know the last 10 years there's there's been a lot that i i would i would say what you just said exactly is that god wants to have an open conversation and i think the first vision was one version of the first vision tells us that joseph was pretty honest with god about his standing with god and his in and his inconsistencies in his life and yeah. his wrestle as a teenager and his, you know, and then God was like, okay, and then here's a mission for you. And it was a very step-by-step -step revelation. And so, yes, I in, agree with that in the space that I'm in, in the space you're in, and you've been in, in this space, I, it's so important. I guess that's back to how you answered a prayer is that I have to really be clear that I have a unique contribution and yes. it often looks like overlap to the beautiful person sitting right next to me. And if I'm not careful, I won't share my, my loaf, my loaf and my fishes. Cause my loaf and fishes feels like, well, everybody's got loaf and fishes. Why do I need to, you know? So totally. if, if your listeners are sitting there, like, why should I start a podcast? Why should I take voice lessons? Why should I write a book? Why should I, you know, whatever is on their heart, do politics, enter politics or whatever, go back to school. Everybody's already doing it. I, I really have to remember that that's the tool of the adversary to shut us yes. down from building Zion. Yes. And to keep us quiet and not share our talents. I completely agree with that. And when you do, I mean, think about how many blonde singers there are everybody everybody's a blonde singer like even in like the lds community like callie reed and and jenny jordan when she was doing that madeline and, page. And, and madeline page i mean come on like everybody is a blonde singer so i felt the same thing like who am i why am i doing this i am nobody i'm exactly like anybody else heavenly father can use a million different versions of me but he can't he can't because I am unique and you are unique and I bring something different. I bring a different sound. I bring a different voice to what I'm to my purpose in life and, and to my calling. And, and, and I think that we all have 
different perspectives that touch different people. And so Hank and John are amazing. And Anthony, I love all of them. They're really good friends of mine too. They have a different audience than me. They're not going to talk about childbirth and, and, you know, and being mom and getting up and crying in the middle of the night, but they're going to touch a different audience. And same thing with you. You're going to touch a different audience than anyone else. And, and there's, it's easy to always say, well, I can't do this because there's other people in this space already, but we yeah. have to remember there's space for all of us. I, I love, I had a conversation just in December with Anthony, Anthony Sweat about this exact thing. And, and John and Hank have been cheerleaders of mine. When I entered this scene there, there, it still is a very male dominant. It is um, LDS heavy speaker. Right. Yep. And, um, and I even, and I love Meg Johnson. She and I have become friends and, and we've shared a stage together and we've had some conversations about this, that I loved what you said, that when people look at me first glance, they're like, so, Hey, what's your thing? Yes. And I'm like, uh, I'm a middle-aged white Mormon mom. <laughs> wow. That makes me seem like I, I jokingly said to Chad Hymas is a good friend of mine and Meg, like I'm not in a wheelchair. I, yeah. I don't have tattoos. Love Al Fox. I don't have tattoos. Right. I I don't have that thing that if you look, I'm not a woman of color, even though I was raised in all black community in California. And I wished I was, you yeah. know, my, all right. my friends wanted, you know, we were just, we, we defined love by looking at the other person, not at ourselves. Right. Yes. And, and so I think it's such a unique thing that I have to really challenge. And my trusted tribe has to remind me of the song on my heart. And that song of my heart is unique, even though the world based on views, subscribers, followers, whatever, it, it's such a skewed version of what our, our divine nature and worth is. And, and I think that's why I love doing what I do. And you do what you do with this podcast, that when you have a conversation with someone, every person could write a book. Every person could share a stage. Every person, I I haven't met one person on the planet that doesn't inspire me like the everyday person. So they don't have a YouTube channel and they don't have a million subscribers and they're not selling New York times bestsellers or, or hosting a podcast. But I really, I really appreciate even just, especially on a doing good podcast that I know that listeners are listening to this and there's been seasons of my life where the dreams I have on my heart, God has held them in reserve because I fought hard to be a mom. And that was just as much a part of my dream as I wanted to be Oprah, you know, Yes, right. in many ways, I feel like I'm living that world right now a little bit more, but when I was living the season of, of motherhood, I had fought with literally my life to become a mama. And so that was just, I, I like to say to women, especially, and I know men are listening to this, but God holds our dreams in reserve. And, and so often as women, we fought to have a place, Yes, you know, and I love that Brad Wilcox and John, by the way, and Hank Smith welcomed me with open arms and Anthony Sweat and all these great guys were like, Hey, we need more women like you. And they helped me stay when it felt uncomfortable because you know, they had someone at home holding the fort down and I was getting on a plane hoping, you know, whatever. It's that different day. for us. It's it so is different. It's so different. And they tease me because when we travel, I always have more suitcases and they have these little carry-ons where they put three ties in yeah. and then they, we've done three events on the weekend. And I'm like, listen, do you see the shoe change? Do you see the earring change? Like that's my, you know, whatever. So that's I, what we I do. Do. we're different. Yeah. I think if the young moms or, or the, or the empty nesters are listening to this or the, 
I just think God so much as women have fought to have opportunities. I think we've mistakenly believed it meant all now. And I've walked away from some big stuff. I was an editor of a magazine and I got to hang out with the governor before it was your father-in-law and <laughs> I got to do, and I got to do TV and I got to do some big stuff. And I remember in the temple one day, and I've written about this in the decision that changed my life, my book there, that when God said, leave it, I didn't know what was around the corner and I didn't understand, but I've learned to trust that voice. And so I said, no. And I walked away. And for the next year, it was a very different life at home. And I slowly saw why the Lord wanted me to come home. And, um, but I knew that that, you know, back in the day, that meant my Rolodex or my contact list would kind of change and people wouldn't take my call and, and, and he held things in reserve, you know, yes, nothing was lost about my experiences. And, and, and I think that's a, that's an important thing to talk about more because we don't talk about that. We see people in the public eye and I mean, I'm filling in some gaps of your story a little bit, but that you've had the courage to have different seasons and yeah. not feel like it always had to look like American Idol, right? Right. But, and I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that you brought this up and that you're talking about this because I 100% agree with you that it's, and there's a quote, you can have it all, but you can't have it all right now. And that's okay. And I look at people my age and what they're doing in life. And I think, wait a minute, I should be doing that. And I want to be doing that. And, and I love that you say that heavenly father will hold and reserve the deepest desires of your heart, whether that's motherhood, becoming a mother, whether that's being a singer, whether that's starting a podcast, ending a podcast, entering a new journey in your life, heavenly father will hold and reserve your deepest desires. And you don't have to do it all at once and things will change. And that's okay. That's part of progressing in life. I'm not going to be, you know, like there was a time in my life where I was the most famous Utah, you know, like every, <laughs> like when I was, and I had just graduated high school and wow. I was, you know, 18 years old. And, and I mean, it was like Carmen Rasmussen from American. I mean, that was my, from American. That was my like little tagline. And now people see me and they're like, did we go to high school? Like they recognize me, but they don't know from where. And I'll be like, oh, well, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, I was on this show. (laughs) That's where you know me. And they're like, what? And they, and so that's not my life right now. It it is different. And I'm a mama and I have four boys and, and that's mostly what I do. And I do this for fun and it's wonderful, but it's not just because I'm not doing the big thing right now doesn't make the thing I'm doing not just as important. Well, and don't you feel, Carmen, that 2020 was a lesson about what we think the world bases their everything on could change in two minutes? Yes. That's not a very eloquent way to say No, but I, yes, You know, like that literally things can change so quickly and what we bank on and what we put our worth based on and what we believe is is going to keep the structure of society going can change 100%. So I, I just always have said, I love that you mentioned even the dream of motherhood, because I know my seven years of infertility, it was really painful to feel like every person at church just had to think about a baby and they would have a baby. Yes. And, and I was like, I know what my patriarchal blessing says, but that dream isn't coming true. And 
And I love that Elder Holland has said that miracles happen either in this life or in the life to come. And that's not comforting sometimes. Like sometimes I, that's very hard. Yes. And even now I feel like I've worked really hard at suicide prevention and awareness the last seven years and writing books and speaking and sharing my message and having a platform. And I'm going to be so vulnerable and say that, you know, Hank and John post it and it's a million people that see it. And and I'm still the, hey, you look familiar. The same story you just said. Like, how do I know you? Well, I'm like, I don't know. Was it TV? Was it that did you buy one of my books and you saw my picture in the back of the book? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> did you go up, you know, did you go down the podcast list and you happen to see real talk or yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and and at the end of the day, I think Alma the Younger prayed in the Book of Mormon, oh, that I were an angel. And if it was today, he would say, oh, that I had a million subscribers. That's what he would pray. And oh, that I had more followers on Instagram. That's what his prayer really was about. And I think it's such an accurate depiction of what is on my heart, which is, God, I just want to share what my offering is with as many of your children as you'll let me. And some days I'm like, oh, that I were an angel, which is code for, oh, that I were Hank Smith or, oh, that I was Carmen Rasmussen, you know? So I think it's such a beautiful reminder that um, I think when I interviewed Dallas Jenkins for The Middle, he's the producer, director, creator of The Chosen, which is just a phenomenal it hit. Is it's it's amazing. So, yeah, My I told him. Favorite show. Yes, I told him when I got to interview him. I said, I know a lot of famous people, but none that I get this excited about. Cause you put my Jesus on camera, like on film. Amen. Yeah. That's, that's my Jesus. Me too. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's who the, I see. Yes. Yeah. And that's the way I've taught the woman at the well for years when people were like, Oh, what? You know? So I told him that, you know, my love and appreciation and he gave the greatest advice. If you've already listened to that interview or heard him speak, about this, that he lives the mana principle and the offering principle. Like he, his computer doesn't care that first season was amazing. He still has seven seasons of Jesus's life to write about and prepare and create. And so when he sits down, he's like, I've had it all. I had the big Hollywood, whatever. Now I just get to do the offering and God decides whether it feeds 5,000 or like I added this or five, you know, sometimes my lunch offering my podcast interview or my speaking is going to reach the one. And I really value the one I'm, I love to speak to a thousand, but when I tell groups, if I show up and one person gets a prayer answered, it wasn't me. It was just God. They had a question. They had a prayer. God's like, well, I'll use this girl that has kind of a weird name and we'll see if we can get it done. You know? <laughs> yes. And that's something that I have learned over the course of my career being in the spotlight and now doing this is it used to be about, and there were no followers. There was no Instagram when I was on American Idol. It did not exist. And so life would have maybe been a lot different had it. And I'm grateful that it wasn't that way. I still have a private account, so I don't have the followers. I don't have the people that are watching. I don't have a YouTube video. That's not me. That's not who I am. And that's okay. But when I get one message on Instagram, you have changed my life. One person, that is what I live for now. And for me now, it really is about the one. Like that has been kind of my mission in life is first my family, 
and then reaching out and, and through these little tiny kids that I teach voice lessons that I'm not on stage anymore singing. I do occasionally, not as big as I used to. And now when they come and their parents say, you have helped her confidence, you have changed her life. That is now what is so fulfilling to me. And it doesn't, it's not about what it used to be about the followers and and being an influencer. And that's nice, but it's not what I really want. What I really want is to honestly connect with people and help people genuinely, truly, and love them. And if, if it's one person that I lifted or, or made feel better, or they learned from my story, something they could do better in their life, then I, that's so fulfilling to me and, and, and makes all the difference. And I don't know if people listen to this podcast. I don't know. I don't know what my subscribers are. I have no idea. Well, you know what I'm going to say to you, Carmen, that is the spirit I feel from you. And I, it comes at a cost to stay grounded in the one and, and, and in eyes on Jesus, right? That's, I always say, I know who my boss is, um, but he doesn't sit down with me for a year in the review and give me a raise sometimes, you know, like, I'm like, I don't know. And I think motherhood is a lot like this. I just had one of those restless mom nights where I was up, gosh, I am so weepy this morning. Um, I was up praying for one of my kids a lot a lot last night. And I've just come to know that like Heavenly Father has the long view, right? And so to really put him in charge of our lives um, and and be a contributor in the world, but not of the world is, it's a delicate little dance that sometimes I'm like, oh man, I'm in the zone. Like I am so like spiritually minded and I know my boss and I'm doing good for the one. And I I keep those messages. I call them for the ones. And I have thousands of, for the ones, like I read your book and it saved my life. I watched your YouTube video. It saved my life. And the work I'm doing, especially after Meg died by suicide, that's huge. Like I would have done massive. I would have written all the books for one of those. Right. But if I'm not careful, Oh gosh, it's so easy to go. Oh, that I were an angel and it is of my heart. And right, like, okay, Heavenly Father, if I reach the one today, what about one million tomorrow? Like, that's a good plan. And so I'm gonna just say I can feel from you and the work you're doing and the conversation we're having today that to the cost of doing business and having the spirit you have is really such internal work. And um I mean, it's what I love to talk about. And I love to put complex issues into simple concepts that are authentic. So people go, oh, me too. And they go straight to God. I'm like, that's all I was here for. Like a little bridge. I'm out of here. You know, it's not totally. about it's not yes. about following me. But I, I think if we're not careful, we're also living a very mortal experience. And yes, whatever your listeners are listening and they're on it's I get thousands of letters. <laughs> I want to do what you're doing. Tell me what to do. And you probably get you. absolutely. And, and I'm like, no. yeah, I know. I'm always like, okay, first check yourself. And then secondly, yes. are you willing to be the nursery leader back when we had church? And yes. like, what does that have to do with anything? And I'm like, listen, if you can hear God say to you, say yes to the primary calling, then I would say, go to the next step and whatever's on your heart. 
I, I wish I could give you a formula and I'm sure you get this all the time. Like these are the check the boxes steps you do to become American Idol singer. And, and I, and I can't say this is what you do to be a best-selling author or host video shows or be a podcaster or be a speaker. I can give you my journey. Yeah. But I promise you if I, if I'm not careful, my journey doesn't always feel great. And it doesn't yeah. always feel like I'm doing the good I really want to do. I'm going to say doing good as many times as we can get it in here. I love it. <laughs> but I, I hope the mamas that are making the mac and cheese for lunch right now see that the sacred work they're doing, making that mac and cheese and being present with their ADD child who's trying to learn to read. Like that's so much more valuable than the books that I've written and the views I get on a video, like uh, hands down, but the hands world's not going to put you on the front of a cover of a magazine and say, oh my gosh, look at, um, Danielle. That was what I was supposed to be named. So I always use that as my, my pseudonym. Oh, um, I love that. Danielle like was patient with her ADP kid today. <laughs> And she, she did come follow me for five whole minutes and she's, um, tr not doing drugs and she's not cheating on her husband. <laughs> you know, like, right. Nobody, we don't, yeah. We don't celebrate that. We say the famous whatevers. And so I, I feel that genuinely, I feel it for everyone else. I see the offerings that people in my neighborhood make and on people on social media that are just beautiful at cake decorating and amazing at doing hair and, those are not things I'm great at. My daughter has beautifully, naturally curly hair. So does my son, because I think God was like, she doesn't know how to do hair. So we're going to send you down with really great hair. That's why I think that's why heavenly father gave me all boys. Yeah. I I'm the same. <laughs> so, I, mean, I hope your viewers feel the spirit of what we're seeing here, that whatever's on your heart, God will take you to the next step. And if you're feeling this call, because I know I get messages every day of people that are like, I want to be you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want you to be you. But yes. that might mean that God takes you here, 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 and here. Yes. And if you can hear him, he's taking you right where you're supposed to be. If you're hearing only me, then hopefully um, that leads you back to God. I don't know if that helps. It totally does. And I... I want to add to that is, is with the recognition I've been on the cover literally of a magazine. I've, I've, I've had that. And I'm telling you, it's the great and spacious building. It looks beautiful. It looks glamorous, but it's empty. One of my favorite paintings of that is um, Minerva Taggart. And if you look at it, you can see through to the other side. It's empty. The building, yes. you can see the sky and it's, there's no base. It's floating. There's nothing there. And yet you think, I want that. I want that. I want to be there. I want to be yes. famous. I want to be an influencer, but it's, it's the great and spacious building. You get on the cover, you get the recognition, you get a million followers and you're like, wait, but now what? Like, I didn't think I would feel what I thought I would. And it's exciting, but it's not fulfilling. It's not, it's not, it doesn't give you that sense of peace and joy. It's, it's so fleeting. And then you're like, yes. well, wait, what next? Well, wait, what next? And so I never, I never want people, I, I, I tell 
girls that come up to me and they're like, I want to do what you do. The same thing. I said, that's wonderful, but do what heavenly father wants you to do. I never want people to look at me and want to be me. If, if, if that's the case, then I feel like I am not doing what I meant to do. I, I, because I do that. Sometimes I'll go on Instagram and look at someone and think, I want to look like her. I want to be her. I want her house. I never want someone to look at me and want to be me, but if they can look at me and want and see the savior, that is when I feel like, okay, I've done it. If they can look at me and feel the savior's love and, and want to be the best version of themselves, then I feel like, okay, then I did the right thing. But if it's, I love your hair, I love your shoes. Then I'm like, oh, now it's back to me again. Now I'm back to trying to, to have people praise me. And now that's wrong again. And now I need to go back to, I want you to look at me and be the best version of yourself and see Christ's love for you and do what you are meant to do in this life. This is why we're soul sisters already. And you're a long lost friend. I think Julie Hanksty Azevedo released a song years ago about being the window. And yes, such a beautiful prayer. And someone sang it right before I was supposed to speak in front of this huge audience. And I, I hadn't heard it for years. Oh, and that's I, the worst. Like, it's hard because I was like, it, it's music, even though it's not the gift out of my voice, it's, it, it says the things of my heart. That's how you and, feel the spirit. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know the title. Sorry, Julie, if you're, if you're listening to this, but I love the idea of that, that if everything that I'm wearing, doing, sharing, creating, um, invites people to move to Christ, then that that's my jam. And I loved what you said about the grain spacious building, because I'm wearing your viewers. Can't see this. I'm wearing the most like pink, poofy, weird (laughs) cotton ball sweater. Beautiful. and looks so warm and cozy. It's, It's very cozy. So it gets, it does fine on camera for my later thing. And, and it's still feels like I'm wearing my loungewear. So I like it, but I thought of what you were saying that it's like cotton candy. It's great. But if that's all you ate after two days, you would be so sick and unfulfilled and it's fluff. It's fluff. And so, so easy to get caught in that. And so I admire the youth. I get to speak to youth and work with youth a lot. And the youth in YSA, the college kid, millennial age, I just feel like you have so much more pressure because I didn't go through high school with Instagram. No, me. I cannot imagine. No, I can't I didn't. imagine. Yeah. I'm like, how, how did I find out I didn't get invited to a party? Oh, yes. I had to go to school on Monday. And by Wednesday, someone said something in this in, in a yes. classroom. And that's how I didn't know in two seconds that I was left out or that so-and-so was dating so-and-so. And, and nobody, when I was having babies was posting about how, and two minutes after I gave birth, I lost all my baby weight and I only did <laughs> this much weight. And if you follow my Instagram account, then you can do this exercise and then you'll be whatever. I didn't have that. I was just so grateful. Yes. I gained 58 pounds with my son and I think 48 with my daughter. That's full, man. You are getting all the secrets that I have never said on a podcast. And I, I love it. I say that because, you know, I think as women, especially, do we give permission to like get older, to celebrate how our bodies change, to contribute as a primary teacher to you, to know that you're taking care of your spouse that has Alzheimer's and doing it with grace. Like those are the things to me that are the warrior, um, heroes of my, of my life. Me like too. 
they're not hands down. Yeah. And yet the creators out there, they're doing great things and there's, and I'm part of that world. But if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I can go down the rabbit hole of yes. Instagram in 2.3 seconds. And all of a sudden the house, the kids, the, the career, the messages I'm sharing that I believe in that are meaningful to me, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, well, why am I hosting real talk when I wasn't this is an actual quote, number four in Apple Podcasts. Shout out to Hank and John on Come Follow Him, their podcast, right? And and immediately, I I want to just say that is me calling the adversary out full blown today. Totally. Because yes. maybe you don't have the podcast dream, but you have some other dream and you're not even sure you want to try because your neighbor is doing it faster, better, cooler, her cookie decorating, her you know, or the guys, you know, oh, wait, I don't get drafted to the NFL. Why am I playing football anymore? I don't, you know, I'm not in the NBA. Why am I playing the basketball game that I'm doing at my city league or whatever that is? So we would miss out on so many amazing oh. things if, if people didn't do what they do best and people, so many people would miss out on your spirit and who you are. And the fact that you are so relatable and down to earth and like us, you're like, I'm not in a wheelchair and I don't have tattoos and I'm not this, but because you are just a normal, <laughs> but you're not, but you know, like you're I, am, person, I am a middle-aged white woman that is in what, Utah. and that's why you are successful. And that's oh. why we need you and your voice is because you are so relatable that people can say, oh my gosh, I totally relate to that. I get that. I'm just like her. And okay, what is she doing? Okay, if she can do that, then I can do that. And what well, does she have to say for me? And my beautiful friends that do have the stewardship assignment, that's what I call it, of living yes. in a wheelchair. Of in being, a unique life. Yes, being gay or yes. um, uh, being of color. You know, yes. my friends of color have taught me so much about navigating vulnerability. And my that's friend, their thing. That's what yeah, they're supposed to right. do. And my friends that are in the LGBT community have taught me so much about Christ and about navigating faith questions and paradoxes. And my friends that uh, that we that we know that are are living with wheelchair stewardship assignments, yeah. I see that as sacred space. It is, you know. But I think we live very much. This podcast is about doing good, and really. We live in such a world that if you're not the unique star with the Etsy store that's selling or or you're not creating a catering business or a clothing line, it can feel like, wait, wait, what am I doing that is yeah. changing the world and preparing for the savior to come again? And yeah. I, I just, I think that conversation isn't happening enough that it is the everyday primary teacher. It is it the everyday is. neighbor. It is yes. the one that takes the time to bring in the garbage can. Yes. Those moments are the ones that are building Zion. 100%. And I'm, I glad, have and I'm glad that my friends that have unique stewardship assignments will be part of Zion too. They're going to teach us from their perspectives about dealing with race relations, about dealing with um, being paralyzed, about dealing with same-sex experience attraction. All of those things are part of Zion. You know, they're part of Zion, but I think we're also in danger. I, I get entrapped at times where well, what's my unique thing. What's my cool calling in life? What's my vision for the new year? You know, that is going to change the world. I'm not curing cancer. I'm not building a school in Africa. I'm not doing those things. 
And then Satan's like, yeah, so why do you even want to show up? Because you're just changing the 400th diaper for the day. And girl, that's not, nobody's writing home about that. And you've got three loads of laundry you're behind on. And remember that goal to eat healthier, you know, you're not training for a marathon. So why even try? Right. And those are the stories that can take us down. Totally. And it's moments like that, that I have to remind myself, I am not seeking for a glamorous life. I'm seeking for a glorious life. I am not trying to be the most beautiful, amazing fit. I mean, yes, I have goals to take care of myself and to, and to do wonderful things and use my talents, but I don't want the glamorous life. I want the glorious life. I want to help build Zion in the way that I am uniquely blessed with doing. And my way won't be your way and your way won't be Hank's way and Hank's way won't be Anthony's way and won't be Meg's way and Chad's way. And we all have different ways, but it doesn't mean that our ways aren't right. They're, they are all needed, all of our talents, all of our goodness that we have been given, the mom that's making the mac and cheese, the person that's a single person that's looking to serve in their capacity. We are all needed and wanted and belong in the family of God. And can I get an amen? I, my Baptist friends know that we don't, we don't do the shout out praises in, in our church as often as some of my friends in other faiths. And well, sometimes I think that'd be so fun. It is. So I do. When I speak, I'm like the stake president can pull me down, but can I get an, can I get an amen? Because I mean, amen is praising God for that and praising God for the stewardship assignment. I feel this so strongly. Stewardship assignments include infertility. Stewardship assignments include um, chronic illness, as we've talked about stewardship assignments, the one closest to my heart right now in the last seven years has been depression, and anxiety. And when my sister Meg died six and a half years ago, we placed her headstone the day they found Robin Williams. And that gives context that in that moment, I remember thinking the whole world knows what suicide grief feels like. And I have the honor and privilege for now, for this season to do work in this space and I hear from countless, countless people that are dealing with chronic depression and anxiety, and it's exhausting. And my sister had spent a lifetime dealing with learning disabilities, anxiety, depression. She had been sexually abused um, by a babysitter and, um, and the effects of that trauma and shame. And she's my mission companion. You know, she's on the other side, but she cheers me. She's been busy the last year, so I haven't felt her as often. So I don't know what her assignments are, but I know that I'm her voice. And what I will say to your listeners that are tired and they're just like, listen, getting showered is the biggest deal of my day. Because, me too. Yeah. Well, yeah, for real. Like all, all the moms out there know that that's something to get excited about sometimes, yep. but but if you're dealing with that stewardship assignment and you're thinking, I am of no worth, I want you to know there's not a day of my life with all the books and all the opportunities. My life's not better without Meg. And to me, suicide prevention is about saying it's about pain and exhaustion. And so for the listeners that deal with that, I know you're tired. And I know that you are wondering what good you're supposed to do in the world when you don't even know how to do in the next hour. Yes. What I can hope, I offer? Yes. I hope that you yeah. know more than anything 
that you're needed because we really believe in our faith that the light of Christ is within each of us. And we just finished Christmas and I had a Christmas tree that had burnt out bulbs and um, it's in the trash now. And we've ordered another tree for next year because every year it was less and less of lights were on. (laughs) I, I want to say to people that I really see that. I really see that Meg's light being off is not that the light is gone because I believe in eternity, but her light is a loss. And yes, I, and it's noticeable. And it's noticeable. And I knew all of her trauma. I knew her better. I was her big sister, but more her mom than her big sister when my parents were divorced and my mom had to go back to work and my mom deals with chronic depression as well. Um, that I really saw her as my my kid, not just my little sister. And so losing her was a grief like no other. And, and I just know that if you ignore the whole podcast and you only get to this part in the conversation and you fast forwarded it, there's always someone because every one of us either deals with it, love someone that does or lost someone or all three. Yes. You know? So that's literally everyone on the planet. We didn't, yes start out saying, we're going to talk about suicide and depression today, but I always bring it up because it's literally every person on the planet. It's literally- and it's your mission. It's what you're supposed yeah. to do. Yes. Yeah. And I completely agree. And I, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because it, it is, my dad is a psychiatrist and he's talked to us a lot about this. And he said, no matter what you're going through, And I know, I know what it's like. I've been in the hospital. He's prevented suicide before. Like he's watched people attempt and he's been there in the hospital to prevent it. He knows firsthand and dealt with it within, within his own family with depression and anxiety. And with me, I've had, I had postpartum after my fourth and I've dealt with anxiety my whole life. Yeah. He said, life always gets better. You can't see that. And it's okay. It's okay that you can't. But what needs to happen is, is reaching out, finding help, even just telling someone I need help. I don't know how to get help. I don't know what that means. I just know I'm not okay. It always gets better and there's always hope. And for those people that have lost someone to suicide, I firmly believe that Heavenly Father just has open arms for them and just invites them and says, come home and 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 to worry and think, well, what does it mean? And what's going to happen? And they're not damned. They're not damned. No, that's false teaching. I I agree with that. I will say that all those that struggle, the desire is to have the pain gone and be back with heavenly father, because we really are spiritual beings having a mortal experience. Yes. And I would just say your mission isn't done. It's not. There's great examples in the scriptures of the prophet Elijah who felt the same way. He did this amazing miracle. It didn't convert the people code. He didn't have the views or the sales that he thought he was going to have. And he wanted to just not be. And God said, no, I need you to stay. Um, it was also Peter, I believe that said I'm betwixt between like he wanted to go be with God and he had a mission to still do. And he had a thorn in his side. The woman that had the issue of blood, I talk about her a lot because she had 13 years of trying to get better. And Everybody around her probably tried that oil, that medicine, that blog, that CrossFit, that diet, that therapist, that whatever. And they all got better from the same issue of blood and she got worse. And I always say she's my hero that she tried one more thing. And so for the listeners that are listening, I, I think you come up with one more plan B. You go to one more therapist. You try one more whatever to help you come up with. And your toolbox is getting so big of all the things you've tried 
that can you see where your stewardship assignment is going to be such a gift in the last days? Because the last days are going to be hearts of men and women failing them. That's what the scriptures say. That's the short answer for what suicide is about. It's that feeling that there's no more hope and yeah. that this is always going to be this way. And so if you're listening, and I know that our turtle house has really attracted such a wide audience. If you're feeling like I can't do one more day, I'm so tired. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I don't know what your plan B is for today. I, I just know that the spirit can lead you to the next plan B because the woman that had the issue of blood, when she reached out to touch the hem of the savior's robe, I share this in my hope works address with the church. It was when he turned to her and said, your faith has made you whole that I realized her faith was 13 years of things getting worse. Yes, exactly. Her, her, her faith did not grow the first time she went to the therapist, her faith didn't grow because she tried the three medicines and they didn't work. And, and your father probably can testify of that. Yes. There's so many tools in the toolbox. And I think the restoration of all things is that that toolbox is going to keep growing and we're going to keep having more, more revealed truth to yes. pull from fasting and prayer is great. Going to the temple is great. Getting a patriarchal blessing is great. Getting a priesthood blessing is great. All those things are great, but we're having real mortal stuff happening. Yeah. And the woman with the issue of blood tried one more thing and she barely touched the hem and the savior knew all of her mess, all of her trying, all of her exhaustion and fears that her isolation really at the end must have been the worst yes. because in her culture, she had an issue of blood. That meant she wasn't going to hang out with people and prepare food. Which, right. you know, for some of the moms, a week of that doesn't sound like a bad idea, but 13 years of that, that's a lot of alone time. It is. And, and I think with mental health, especially and chronic illness and financial worries, it feels very isolating. It feels very much like everybody else is rocking their life. Even listeners that deal with lupus, they're going to go, well, I'm not writing books and I'm not, listen, it's messy. It's not always perfect. My husband sees when last night my legs weren't working. Right. And so it's not always great. The stewardship assignments we were each given to me are so personal and so sacred. And the Lord knows exactly what you are meant to do with them. And if yours is depression, anxiety, please stay in your body. That's what Thank I'm you say. so much, Gainalyn. Thank you so much. And keep, I'm glad that you shared that story. Keep reaching for the savior. Just keep reaching out for the savior. He's always there. He does know all of our trials and all of our struggles. He does have a plan and a purpose for each of us. And we each are here for a reason and we have something unique to offer. I'm so grateful that you took the time to come on this podcast today and for all of the good you are doing. And let's please get together in person sometime. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love to. This behind masks because half the time I go to the store now, I'm like, I don't recognize your eyeballs. I know. I, <laughs> I don't know who I'm. <laughs> so if I pass you and you recognize my eyeballs, my fake eyelashes, then say hi because I, I will not recognize you. <laughs> I totally will. I totally will. Thanks for having me. And thanks for all your so much, Gaylin. And for all the doing good that is happening in the world by all of us. I, I just, it's heaven. That's what heaven on earth is, is about. It is. We're here for each other. We can help each other. 
And I totally agree. Thank you, Gamelin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full-leg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.